Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. Well, welcome to the 201st episode of the Friends of a Feather Friend. We are so excited that we are starting this new season, and I'm excited to have a friend and former client with me, Brandis Lardner. She is, uh, I want to say super mom. I know she'd be like, no, that's not me, but she is super mom, and she is an amazing business owner, and I asked her to come on the Friends of a Feather today to share part of her story with us. And I know that when I first heard her story, I was amazed. And I know that you will be encouraged through hearing it too. So welcome to the podcast, Brandis. Thank you. Thank you for sharing me with your audience. I'm so excited to chat with you all. This is great because uh, Brandis and I have connected a few months back, we're really last summer we connected and uh, she started her own podcast for her business and uh, the Grace Filled Food Freedom podcast. And uh, we're so excited of that. She's an excellent podcaster. So go check it out. That's a side, but um, she hired me as a podcast to be her podcast coach. And so I um, led her through that. And then we got to go deeper in her story through that. And I was like, I got to have you on the show. And then (laughs) God just worked it out for exactly the timing to just get perfectly right. And um, so that's why you're here for this new 2022 season. Ah, It's a great way to start it. It is. It is. So if y'all are like me, I am always in this uh, push, pull, tug of war thing with food. And I love to eat. I enjoy food and being on Brandis's email list and on her, just listening to her podcast, she has a really refreshing way of looking at healthy eating. And so I really wanted her to come on the show probably selfishly for me to be like, okay, tell me a little bit about this. We're going to dive into some tips in a little bit, but before we do, I want Brandis, tell us, how did you view food as a kiddo? Like as a kid, do you remember moments that food was, were part of those moments? Yeah, it's interesting because I grew up on your processed food, like mac and cheese from a box, not the cream stuff, like the powder, uh, you know, super, everything came from a box or a can, SpaghettiOs, Tang, Kool-Aid, you name it. That was what we did. And it wasn't for my mom's fault. Like she didn't know any better. This was just kind of culturally what families did and it was easy and people were busy. And so food was not really an issue for me. I mean, I remember sitting on, on the couch with my best friend, she would come over and we would get these bowls of ice cream with chocolate and peanut butter and marshmallow, (laughs) but I would eat it and let it go. Or I would get my Uh, Easter candy and it would last till Halloween and my Halloween candy would last till Easter. And I, so food was food. I enjoyed it, but it didn't have a hold on me until Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I went on a diet. Oh my goodness. 
I wasn't even overweight. I look back at that time and I just want to tug that little girl aside and rescue her because in my attempts to get healthy, I became unhealthy. And it's so odd that I would look back in hindsight and go, oh goodness, I wish I would have just maybe stayed with that processed food and just had made some small sustainable changes to improve instead of jumping into a diet that completely screwed my relationship with food and sent me to the pantry. Um, like you mentioned, kind of that push and a fool that like all or nothing eating, overeating or under eating, starving or binging. It's just this tug of war that is endless. And so I didn't have any food issues until I went on a diet And oddly enough, one of the greatest risk factors for obesity, Mm -hmm. dieting, Mm, (laughs) oh my goodness, we try to fix the problem and we keep making it worse. And that's because we're using worldly solutions that don't get to the root of the problem. And I think that's, that's, you hit it, the nail on the head is we're using worldly ways to deal with a spiritual problem or, or a problem that we need to deal with it from the inside out, not from the outside in. Absolutely. I mean, there were times where I'd so cleaned up my eating and I'm air quoting here, ladies, um, Mm. to the point I was binging on carrots, which sounds ridiculous, but it goes to show that that heart issue, that voracious appetite for something, anything to fix myself, Mm. it didn't matter what the food was. And obviously some foods are really tasty and, you know, going on certain diets that ban certain foods can make them super appealing. So I'm definitely the extreme, but it goes to, that's sort of a good example that external changes, cleaning up the food, going on a diet, cutting out certain foods, it it doesn't fix the issue, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to do both. Mm. Okay. So take me back. You said that, that you started and you got on a diet. Tell me when was that? Because I think when I heard this and when I think you started realizing that you wanted to have to go on a diet, it was younger than I expected. Yeah. I think it was around like 14. So this was, this was the time of the supermodels. Like let's date Mm -hmm. myself, Cindy Crawford, Christine (laughs) Turlington. Like I had stacks of magazine and I wanted to be like them. I think the kids, kids now I'm going to really date myself. Yeah, yeah, want to be YouTube stars, right? They all, they want to be on YouTube or Instagram. Well, back then it was modeling. And so I, you know, got a modeling agent and signed up with a photographer. And the photographer told me that I needed to lose, lose 15 pounds. And that was when my mom and I, we put our thinking caps on and we went and got to the library, got a diet book, went on a 500 calorie diet and the drama began, um, all with the attempts to make the best choices that we could, but we didn't know any better. Right. And so that's really what led to um, so many issues sort of, they all started at that point around 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you were 14, you looked at yourself and did you yourself want to change? No, the, the actual like change from the inside out didn't come until my thirties. So I stayed stuck in this zone of measuring myself by the world standards. I didn't fit it. If it wasn't right, I tried to fix it. Um, you know, so I tried to lose weight. I did this, you know, you know how it is that typical teenage women's experience where everything is so outward measured. I mean, our worth and our value are measured by our appearance. And I spent decades in that space and place of always trying to fix my body or how I looked. So when you wanted to start modeling, that was you, you wanted to start doing that. And then when your agent is the one that said, you need to lose 15 pounds. When you looked at the mirror, were you like, I need to lose 15 pounds 
or were you just kind of like, well, they said to do this. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I more did it because they said it. Honestly, I never thought of my body as anything less than okay. Like I wasn't skinny. I wasn't fat. I was just a kid. Uh, and, and that was when it started to click, like maybe something's not right. And I'd had a couple instances. If you ever listen to my full story, starting from when I'm young, couple little times, like where my best friend's mom, I remember we were very young measuring our waist and I thought "Mm, I might not be, you know, as Mm -hmm. thin as some other girls, but it was okay. You look back at pictures and I'm just so adorable. I can't even (laughs) believe someone would tell me that it wasn't okay. Right. And that's where, you know, I think, would you say that hearing what others think about us is a huge part of having those unhealthy thoughts about ourselves? I mean, that's kind of the social media age we live in right now. People post something like you scroll and see if how many people liked it. If somebody said you look cute or pretty or how your outfit looks, or we walk into a room and we judge ourselves, are we the heaviest or lightest, the, you know, where do we fit in this hierarchy of external measurements? And so, yeah, it definitely affects us if we let it, right? (laughs) Like our measurements is based on those things, then those opinions from other people hold a whole lot of value to us and they can be painful, Mm. definitely can be painful. Mm. And that's really where it comes to finding our worth and value in Christ, which listen, I read those verses for years in trying to get over this and it never quite clicked for me. And that's a work of the Holy spirit and definitely something we can talk about some more, Uh, but it's not until you're secure. Just for example, if someone were to come up to you and call you a thief, you'd be like, I've never stolen anything in my life. Are you kidding me? It wouldn't mean anything. I would be like, you're a liar, whatever, (laughs) move on. And if our identity is so set in who God says we are, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. It may sting. And yeah, I may go back to those old ways of thinking, at least for a little bit, because we all kind of still do, but ultimately my security is found in Christ. And I can give them a little talk to the hand because that's not what I believe anymore. That's not my truth. Oh, and here, I love that. Um, you said, talk to the hand. You are so my people. I, I'm just telling you, you said, talk to the hand. I'm like, <laughs> I said that so many times and I didn't even know I was saying, but, um, I just had to say that, but I think, I think you nailed, you nailed it right there. When you said it's, it's where our security lies and that if we are not, uh, if we don't have that self-esteem that is, that is rooted, that self-image that is rooted in Christ, then yeah, if people say this about us, then after a while, we're going to start believing those lies about us. So tell me how can and we can, we're going to talk a little bit more about your story, but how can we form that biblical, healthy image that is based on truth? Yeah. And it's so hard. I will tell mm-hmm. you the food thing, God, God brought me through earlier than the body image thing. Mm-hmm. That's really, it was so tightly woven into everything that I was, my appearance. And so I will still go back on that train. Like that's the first thing that's going to click all of a sudden I gained 10 pounds. I'm like, Oh, something ain't right in my life. I got to address this. But for me, it wasn't so much as this transformative, all of a sudden, I think I look great kind of moment. Yeah. It was, I finally got ticked enough that I'd spent enough of my time following someone's ideal. I don't know who they are. Someone decided at some point in time, what a particular body style was okay. What was acceptable. And I realized that I was following something that didn't actually matter that much to me. Mm -hmm. And I chose 
not let's say you choose to love, right? Like your spouse, sometimes you choose to love them on those days. I chose to have better body image again, not like I looked in the mirror one day and I look great, but I did the talk to the hand. I refuse to stay stuck in this place anymore because I've lost days, weeks, months, years, family vacations, beach events, uh, holidays where I was so caught up in what I look like and what food was around that I had to put an end to it. And that was the first step for me. I refusing to live kind of in that space and place anymore. And then from there, God gave me the power through his word as I dug into the verses to have kind of the backbone to back it up. Because obviously we don't have the strength to do this in our own, but we do need to make a decision that we're not going to be led astray by the lies of the world. And again, he gets it. He gets it. It's, it talks in James about like being a wave crash to and fro. Like that's us. We're pretty much like unstable, you know, faulty humans who can only get by through the strength of Jesus. And that's okay. But we do need to set our eyes on him. God, I want what you have. I don't want the world has. I'm sick of this. I want more. And he will start to change the way you see yourself. I promise you, sis, from the inside out, like just a little bit at a time. Um, in fact, I just got a message from one of the ladies in my programs and she sent me a picture from Christmas and she's not at her goal weight. Um, and you know, she says, I see, you know, my hair and my chin and all this kind of stuff. And yet I'm starting to see, dare I say someone a little beautiful, God starts to change the way you see yourself because you know, he has his fingerprint on you and that you're valuable enough, valuable enough for him to die for you and to like, just be involved in your day-to-day life. And through that over time, things start to look a little bit different and your, your crud meter from the world, like the meter that's tolerant to the crud from the world, it becomes very sensitive and you take less and less of it. Mm. I love how you talked about, like, that's a great visual for us to see the meter that we are measuring the things the world is saying about us or what God is saying. How do we know where we are on that meter? Peace, joy, hope, love. Let's go through the, right? The fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, Mm self-control. All right. How does that fruit show up in that life? Now fruit is a gift. The fruits are a gift. We get them by being planted and rooted in Christ. And that's what comes out of our life. But that goes to show you where your roots are when it's planted in the world. It's, oh boy, how do, what is the opposite? Chaos, sadness, depression, anxiety, self-doubt, because we're focused on ourselves and not the Lord. And that's really it. How much peace do I have on a daily basis? And we're saying the crud meter, well, we also have the peace meter that probably on a seesaw kind of way, one goes up, the other goes down, one goes up, the other goes down. The more we get God's peace, the less we tolerate that stuff, because we now know what it's like to live in a day-to-day relationship with the Lord, where we're living with that that peace that surpasses understanding. And when something starts to rob it, you're like, "Uh uh-uh, ain't worth it. Ain't Mm -hmm. worth it. Been down that road a thousand times and I don't want to go there today. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So take us back to a little bit more of your story that when you were going on that diet, when you were 14 and then hearing those words and, and just struggling back and forth about this of losing weight and the model, I remember in that, you know, we were in that generation of, it was models and all the things, what led up to you having that unhealthy, I guess, cycle of food? 
what led up to that? And then I think it led to an eating disorder. Is that right? Yeah. So it was first the restriction. So you think, you know, you've all done those crazy diets where it's yeah. like steamed protein and dry tuna <laughs> in a can. Yeah. Come on folks. Like, <laughs> Oh, maybe put a little broth on it for flavor. Oh, well, <laughs> like, there well. I guess. Um, so the deprivation of things that taste good, mm. like food was meant to taste good. And like you said, I enjoy eating. I think God put that in us. Now we yeah. doesn't want us to eat past what our bodies need and to get into sort of overeating, or as he would say, gluttonous behavior, mm. but we're meant to enjoy food. And so I was on that all or nothing restricted and I could hold it in the beginning, man. I held that restricted diet for months. Could have mm. been a year. I don't know. My, the memories are, are blurry, mm -hmm. but over time, my ability to stick to the diet and not bounce over into the binging and eating all the food that I was off limits or I shouldn't eat. It got less and less and less until decades later, every day I was starting a new diet. I'd go to bed with regret. I'd be stuffed and miserable tomorrow. I'm not going to eat that food. I'm going to do better. No perfect. Right. And I would do okay until 10 AM or 11 AM, or maybe I'd make it till the evening. And then I would mess up again. And I would go through the whole cycle again. And so I really was that nonstop all or nothing cycle that escalated over time because I kept trying to fix the problem by fixing the food. So each time I put a new restriction on the food, I, I made my relationship with it worse. And if you're my age or older, you've been through phases where fat was bad, like <laughs> carbs have been bad, fat is good. So, I mean, essentially, if you think about it, all that diet history, like you're stuck with steamed chicken and kale, the thing that we started with, with the 500 calorie diet, like there's really nothing that doesn't bear guilt when it's eaten. Mm -hmm. And that's really what brings it to a head where you're stuck again in your own performance. I'm going to be do better. I shouldn't have had that me, 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 always thinking about ourselves and how we're doing it, rather than getting our eyes on God and who he is. And I think it's the perfect ploy of the enemy. Let's get mm -hmm. them thinking all about themselves. Even if it's something as dinky as food, shoot, it's even permissible in the church, right? So let's, mm. let's make that the thing. And it gets, it got stuck. And that's really where it just, it escalated, started out with a little more anorexic tendencies. I did the diet pill thing for a while. And then after a while, I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I moved into bulimia because you're just sort of exploded on the food. And yet, um, you know, that, that binging and purging was sort of my way of me trying to manage the food, which obviously it's, didn't work. Right. It just kept making things worse. So how did you come out of that from the anorexia and then bulimia and, and all of that? How did you walk out of that? Yeah. So again, it's like anything else you're kind of looking for the set steps. What did you do to get there? And it's always a little bit blurry and hard mm -hmm. to see. Uh, but the beginning steps actually weren't super involved in faith. So the first step to freedom, I started learning about habit change and how making big changes over time doesn't work, right? If you're like overeating on Sunday and you're on a diet with all new food prep and all new foods on Monday, it's just not going to work. Yeah. So I started learning about habit change where you make small, sustainable changes over time till they really add up to big results. And that worked for my external behavior, I started to see some changes in my physical body. I started having less crazy food, food, um, issues or the way I was eating, 
but my heart was still not in it. I was still relying on the food. I was still thinking about the food in my body all the time. And that is when I took that next step to really bringing it to the Lord. And, you know, it's a whole, there's a lot more to the story, but it was a lot of yielding to him. Um, I guess it all kind of came to a crux when I wanted to get pregnant. And I realized that I was incapable of doing so just because of all those years of dieting. And I needed to make some changes in the way I was eating and living. And that meant for me gaining weight. And that was the ultimate hardest thing I thought to do. I'm actually making it sound worse than it was because God's grace was in it for me. It felt like the worst possible thing to do, but he was, he was able to empower me to step away from the food and from myself just a little bit more so that I could reach that healthy weight so that I could have a child so that I could reach the next step in my life that he had for me. Mm -hmm. And it really does come up to a head when you realize that you aren't able to do what your body is intended to do as, you know, have a baby. And then it kind of just stops you in your tracks, doesn't it? Like, oh, okay. So I really need to do this work before I can, my body can get to the point of being able to get pregnant. Yeah. It was eye opening because when you're younger, you think, no big deal. It's not having an issue on me. I'm still fine. And then as you get older, you kind of realize that stuff was actually doing something. It just doesn't have like show up until later. And then it's frightening when it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to quote you because in, um, in a blog, it was either a blog post or a podcast or an email. Um, but you said, God does not want your actions. He wants your heart and then your actions will follow. So how can we do that? I love that quote, by the way, but how can we do that in a practical way? Let's bring it back down practically. Okay. So let's go back to the new diet experience. It's like, you heard about this new thing, especially like around the new year, whatever you get the new book. I don't know about you, but when you get a new book and you touch the pages, you like (laughs) open it up. Is that not like the most amazing moment? It's all, you probably like flip to the back and you see what foods you can eat. You go to the store, you get the food, you clean your pantry, you do this, you prep your food. Like you seek, you seek that diet with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? We're shifting that to the Lord. And we're saying, God, I'm going to spend some time seeking you. And yes, we're seeking him in his his word, but you can talk to him about this food stuff too. pray about it and be led by his peace. Lord, I'm really discontented in my health and maybe it's your weight. What do you have for me? And you get alone and you get quiet and you expect him to show up and tell you, and then you pray about it and think about one. Remember I talked about small changes, right? We do those little things, pray about it and hear what he's, hear what he's saying. Say, Lord, you promise I'll hear your voice saying, this is the way walk in it and find that one or two small things that you can work on. Drink more water, take a walk, have some more veggies, eat a little bit less at dinner. Wait till till you're hungry for a meal. I don't know. It could be like one of a thousand things. So I'm not going to give you a specific and then do it with God. What does this mean? This means praying about it in the morning. God help me to do this. It means being faced with the decision to follow through with it or not asking him for help. It means forgetting to do it and asking his forgiveness. And then it means being successful and giving him praise. And if it will be an opportunity for you to grow closer to him and for you to grow in faith, as you see that he will show up for even these seemingly little areas of our lives. And that is how you really change from the inside out. It's because you're doing it with and for him. 
not because you have to earn his favor since you already got that when you asked Jesus into your heart, but because you want to please him and you want to be healthy and whole so that you can serve others and bring others to him. And that, that helps us align things while also actually doing what it is that we set to do. One of the concepts that I really love, um, we talk a lot about is I call it, you can either say tithing or fasting. So we tithe our money. Have you ever considered tithing your food or your actions to him and sowing that seed of self-control or that seed of maybe I'm going to eat a little bit less. God, here's my little tiny gift to you. Like the widow's might, she brings her tiny little gift to the Lord, but her heart was in it and it was hard for her. Help me with that. And kind of tithing a bit of your food or, or rather than fasting, because fasting was super scary for me for a long time. I thought, Hmm, I can fast a diet soda, like, or I can fast like the last couple bites of my meal and give those to God and really start creating that cycle of putting him first, even though it feels like a little, even though you want to be perfect, know that it's enough. Mm. And I like that you, I, I think we get overwhelmed at the big and the, and the making these huge, you know, life altering decisions and just starting with those small steps. And I, I think that is exactly how things change. And I think they change for the better. So uh, I love that encouragement that you gave us that, that we do it with the Lord, that we are doing it for his glory and that we invite him in. I mean, we, as believers in Jesus, we invite him into our day and we invite him into our businesses and we invite him into our, uh, t- as we pray for our children and pray for our marriages and, um, you know, our friends and doing Bible studies and getting to know the Lord more and his word more. And then we leave him out of this major part of the, that he's given us of our health and, um, with food. So I think that's, I think that's great. Okay. So Brandis, you told me, uh, or you sent me an email. This is for people on your email list. And you said there were four tips on how to stop overeating at night. And I love how you bring it back down to practical, the small and making those small choices and in it, they make a huge difference. So tell us about those four tips real fast. Absolutely. Cause night eating was my nemesis. Like all bets were off. And I think a lot of it had to do with that all or nothing thinking. Cause yes. the fresh start was tomorrow. So I was like, going to mm-hmm. clear out all the cereal tonight before tomorrow started. <laughs> um, but there was great relief because I felt like so much of my problem was it was always emotional and always spiritual. Or like I said, sometimes we focus on the food, but sometimes it felt like I was so broken. Uh, so it could help to have some other tips that are really about taking better care of yourself. And so the first thing is to make sure that you're eating proper meals during the day. And this is a cycle we can get into if we're overeating at night, you eat a lot at night, you wake up in the morning, you're not that hungry. Oh, I'm not a breakfast person. I don't like breakfast because you're not hungry because you overeat at night. You eat a small lunch, you try to compensate, and then you go into dinner and you're starving. And it's like, oh man, (laughs) that's, it's like, you're just hungry, right? So focus on eating proper meals. You don't have to eat a lot. You just want to eat what you would serve your best friend, right? (laughs) Or your daughter, uh, someone, you know, who you wanted to take good care of, but you also knew they had goals. So make sure you're eating proper meals. You know, you could have snacks around like in between meals. So you don't get too ravenous. Again, there's different ways of thinking about it. There's all kinds of different approaches to eating. You want to go with the Lord and what he has for you. So Mm -hmm. some people are like only three meals. Some people eat lots of small meals. 
I don't care what it is. God knows you pray about it and do what he says. Um, and then the other thing is to change routines. Uh, we are so routine oriented, which is a blessing because otherwise every day, like brushing your teeth would be like the first time it would be really exhausting. So we do routines. I'm going to ask you to watch yourself. Like you're watching yourself on a movie screen one night. Okay. First I come in the front door. Then I walk around the kitchen. Then I go out here. I lay my purse down. Then I go like, what are the steps in the routine that leads you to the pantry? And are there any parts or pieces for intervention? I mean, if you come through the garage door and you're like smack dab in the kitchen, what if you came through the front door for a couple of days? I mean, your neighbors may think you're crazy, but change the routine a little bit. Maybe the first thing you do, you walk through the door, you run upstairs and put on some comfy clothes and wash your face. That way you're changing the routine of what you always do, because that's, if you do it tonight, you're probably going to do it tomorrow. So you start by doing something encouraged that will encourage you that change is possible. That's good. Then, then the other thing that I've struggled with too, I'm going to, if you listen to me much, I was like, Oh, I struggled with this. I struggled with that. Yeah. <laughs> I struggled with it all was eating while I'm preparing dinner. I don't know if you've ever started making dinner and you're so hungry that you pick yes, and then you sit down to eat dinner with your like husband and you're not hungry. Oh my gosh, girl. <laughs> it makes me, it would make me so mad. So you think about it and prepare ahead of time. Maybe you do have an apple like an hour before dinner. I love apples. They're like my go-to solution they for are. everything. They're crunchy and sweet and they They're fill so you good. up they with a bottle of water. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, that way, when you're preparing dinner, you're mm-hmm. not overly hungry yeah. and you can have uh, like a fizzy water, the, all those tasty fizzy waters that are popular now, some like herbal tea, chew some gum, but have a plan for it. And really yeah. Rather than selling to yourself how amazing it is to eat these bites while you're cooking, because that's mm-hmm. essentially what we do. We market ideas to ourselves in our minds with <laughs> pictures and thoughts and words. Mm. Tell yourself how amazing it is going to be to sit down to that table, nice and tall. <sighs> how proud I feel that I sat down to the meal hungry and I was able to enjoy the meal with my family. That will really, really help. So sort of prepare for dinner prep, which okay. I need to do. Yeah. And then just having a satisfying dinner, especially if you eat, you know, while you're prepped. So I'm going to focus on the prep first so that you can sit down when you're, when you're hungry. Cause if you don't start eating when you're hungry, it's really hard to notice the fullness or the cessation of full of hunger. Wow. So eat a balanced meal. Just do a quick check. Listen, I'm not a dietary perfectionist anymore, but you know, you know, enough to know a oh, protein check, veggie check, carb check, fat check. Because if you miss one of those parts or pieces, you could end the meal feeling a little dissatisfied. And that's, that's really important. So making sure that you have an adequate amount of, of food without leaving the table stuffed can be really helpful. And I also know that cleanup kind of bonus tip cleanup can be really challenging for folks. And that is, if that's your troublesome time, I would pull in the family during that time. Maybe they're the ones that scrape the plates and put the food back in the containers and you're the one who loads them in the dishwasher just until you can break that habit of sort of like cleaning the plates by eating what's on them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Those are really, really good. And I did that the other day. I had tea right before I started prepping. And here's the thing. I don't take bites of what I'm cooking. I take bites of other snacky things. So it's like, oh, gotcha. right, let's move uh-huh. those out of the way and let's have some tea. And I did, and I wasn't hungry 
to snack while I was cooking. So those are really, really good tips. Okay. So you've told us all these awesome tips we've talked about. We've walked through how, um, we give our actions to the Lord. We ask him to change from us from the inside out. What would you say to a woman right now that is walking through being defeated, just feeling um, overwhelmed and wanting to make a change and knowing there's a problem, but not um, not taking that step? Say that she is walking through bulimia or anorexia or just an unhealthy view of food. What would you tell her right now? Yeah, I think the first step is to not place your hope in yourself because that is the recipe for depression and sadness. Like it's not about you. My daughter's six and we've said this very much recently because it's always what she wants to do, where she wants to go. Like, it's not always about what you want. Well, guess Mm -hmm. what? Your steps to freedom, they're not really about you. God has known from the moment he knit you together in your mother's womb, from the creation of the world, that you were going to struggle with food. And yet he still chose to make you with full awareness of Mm -hmm. every problem that you're going to have. And so you have to stop getting your eyes off of yourself and your behavior. And yes, repent where it's necessary, go to him and say, you know, I agree with you, God, what I'm doing is not right. And I want to follow your ways. That's what repentance is, right? Just Mm -hmm. agreeing with him and doing our best to turn a different direction. And instead of getting frustrated with yourself, I want you to use the the times you notice your shortcomings as an opportunity to praise, right? The enemy wants you to get into condemnation. He wants you to run away from God. Let's get it together. Right. It's like the person we often want to like get in shape before we go to the gym, right? Like, Oh, let me just at least look so I look good in my gym pants. Well, you don't have to get in shape before you go to God. You go to God with cookie dough on your face. You go to God, you know, with your hand in a cereal box, it doesn't matter. You go to him, however you are, because he's there anyway. And you praise him that he loves you. Despite it, you thank him. you thank Jesus that Lord, you died on the cross for me? And so if we can turn that into praise and gratitude, oh girl, that is the biggest step in the right direction because you're getting your eyes off of yourself and onto he, who he is. And yes, you're going to slip, you're going to fall, but the sooner you get back up, the sooner you get your eyes on him, the less of a burden it's going to be. And the less of a detriment it's going to be to your overall goals. Hmm. Well, and I love that you do this for women and, and you do this through your programs. And I, I want to know what kind of resources you have, if there is someone out there that wants to go a step further. And I know that you are uh, a cert, like you have the credentials for this, like you are uh, certified to talk and, and lead and guide people through this. And so I think that's so neat how God is using your story of the hard and all the things, and we still continue to go through things, but you know, the heavy things that you, um, walk through that now he's using you to, uh, encourage women and to really bring them on the path with you to, of where you were. And then now you are experiencing that food freedom. So tell us where we can find you and then tell us about resources you have. Yeah. So my website is grace filled plate and the podcast is the grace filled food freedom podcast. But if you go to grace filled plate in the header, there's an opportunity to sign up for the faith is greater than food email course. And it's really good. It's seven lessons that are going to give you just some small everyday steps that you can take 
to start feeling better. And the thing that I love about this, oh, it only takes a day or two of seeking the Lord to feel that weight off your shoulders, to feel like there's hope and the opportunity for change. When you're in the middle of it, it seems so dark and it seems like there's no way out. And yet we just put our feet in the water, right? We just take a step in and the Lord starts to fill in that space and place. So I think that would be a great place for most ladies to start. We give away so much stuff on my email list. Uh, You're going to love it. And uh, yeah, I think that'd be the best place. That's awesome. I will put that below. If you're listening on the podcast, if you just scroll up from your podcast app, I will put that in the description for um, that email, free email course, and then also for how you can find and connect with Brandis. And um, if you want the show notes with all of the links and things that we mentioned, we can put that in there. But thank you so much for sharing with us today and sharing, you know, the hard parts that you know, we see everybody looking all nice and great on social media, but then there are hard parts that lead up to that and lead up to that freedom. But I'm so grateful that you're modeling that freedom for us. And so I really appreciate you coming on the show, Brandis. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me for today's show. For more encouragement, hop on over to Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. I would love for you to send me a direct message and say hi. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.